You're listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D, where we share all things related to photography. Welcome to episode 13 of Photo Tea with Anissa D. Today, I'm going to be talking about common website mistakes that I've seen that you might be making. So I created my first website back in 2020 when I started my business. It was a free version of Pixie Set, and I had used one of their pre-made templates. And I just put together some photos, created a contact form, wrote some things that I thought sounded good, and did that all basically in a span of a week and thought, great, I'm all set, I'm done, my website's complete, and I can now forget about it and continue on with my business. But I was very wrong. I ended up switching over to show it and designing my own website later on. And then I did go through a website revamp last year with Walter at the Bridgewater Studio, which was an incredible experience. And throughout this journey, I really learned a lot about websites, about SEO. And I just want to take the time today to share what I've learned with you, share some mistakes that I've made, some mistakes that I've seen other people making, and just go through it all and share what to do instead. So the first mistake that I see people make is providing too much information on their website. And if you've ever heard the saying, less is more, this applies to your website as well. So I highly recommend keeping your copy simple. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One, if you have tons of text and paragraphs and you think you're being informative, it can actually feel overwhelming and intimidating and harder to digest for people who are looking through your website, especially if they're just looking for your contact page or to learn a little bit more about your pricing and they have to go through all of this text to just get there. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is by providing all that information on your website already, you aren't incentivizing your customers in any way to reach out to you. And that's a problem because you don't have that personal touch to give them. They've already seen your website. They've already run through all the numbers. They've already taken a look at your packages and what your photos look like and learn more about you without ever having to get on the phone with you. So they're left to the decision all by themselves. And let's say that they've gone ahead and just inquired with a couple people and another photographer, you know, had some information on their website, but not everything, got them on the phone, talked through their packages with, with the customer. Likely they're going to go with them, especially if the packages all include the same things and are similar in price. They're going to go with the photographer that connected with them personally. So that's part of the reason why I just recommend keeping your website simple, not having too much information, but enough information so that they can, you know, see and make sure that you're in budget and everything and then reach out to learn more. So that's the first mistake that I see. The second website mistake that I see is not including your location on your website. And I primarily see this for photographers who are traveling or market themselves as destination photographers or destination elopement photographers. And I can see the reason why you wouldn't include your location on there, but this can actually hurt you. One it just helps boost your SEO by including your location on there. But also 
you're probably going to be charging some sort of travel fee. And it's good to just let your clients know where you're going to be traveling from so that they can be prepared for that travel fee when they reach out to you. So that's just something that I would recommend. And also having location targeting keywords is really crucial for SEO. If you're just putting in destination photographer or elopement photographer, that's pretty broad and isn't going to really help with your specific keywords. So I would just recommend putting your location on there. If for me, it would be like Chicago photographer, San Diego photographer, and just having those kind of sprinkled around my website. And that's what I would recommend for you as well, depending on where you're at. And then speaking about keywords, I've seen some people who don't use specific keywords that mention anything that they do. So for example, it might sound really cool to put like creative director or visual artist or something like that. And I definitely do it, but also make sure that you're including the word photographer or videographer if you do video. Those words are what is going to be searched. Those are the words that are going to be searched. You're not, your client is probably not going to be searching Chicago creative director, blah, 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 blah. They're probably going to be searching for Chicago photographer or wherever you're based photographer or videographer. So you want to make sure that you're including keywords that your client will be searching. There are ways in Google to look up what are popular search keywords. So you can do some research on that and see what is trending. But yeah, those are my tips for using specific keywords on your website and just kind of sprinkling them in. And the next mistake that I see people making is not optimizing their images, which can really hurt SEO. So there's a couple things that you can do to optimize your images. The first being resizing your images. Sometimes images can be really large. And so you just want to make sure that it's not slowing down your website and hurting your SEO there. There are different websites that can resize your images. You can even resize them to JPEG mini. So that would be my first tip for optimizing your photos. And then you also want to make sure that you're saving your images in a correct format. There are certain formats that just take up more space. So I personally use JPEG or or a JPEG mini. And then you do want to optimize your file names. So basically you want to rename your files to reflect your main keywords. So for me, it could be San Diego photographer and maybe more specifically San Diego elopement, or if I'm shooting, you know, a couple in a field, San Diego field photo shoot, something like that. And you can actually go into Lightroom and have like a name and then it'll just add in like if I had San Diego photo shoot one, San Diego photo shoot two, or I would probably make it a little bit more specific to the actual shoot while including your keywords, but you could do it that way. And then that way, all of your photos are pretty quickly named. It might be more helpful to go in and individually name your images just so that it better reflects what the image actually is. But that's kind of where we go into alt text. And for alt text, you really want to be very descriptive of what's actually in the image. So let's say it's a photo of a couple painting. It could be a couple painting in a San Diego field or something like that. So you just want to make it not just what your keyword is. It actually should be reflective of what is going on in the image. Because alt text is really Google's way of better understanding what the image is and what the matter is of the photo. So that's why I recommend having your alt text be very specific to the content and not just the keywords like San Diego photographer. You want to be specific. 
So those are my photo optimizing tips. But I do want to talk about just websites as a whole. And this is a mistake that I made. And I'm just even embarrassed to even admit. But it's creating a website only for desktop, which is just so silly to think about. Because if you really think like, how are people finding you? They're probably finding you on Instagram or some social, some sort of social media. And, or maybe they find you through a Google search on their phone. They're probably on their phone is what I'm trying to say. And if you don't have a mobile friendly website, then you are just shooting yourself in the foot. You're not even giving yourself the opportunity to be reached basically. So I realized this, I don't even know, it was really late on after I created my Pixie set website that I realized I only created a desktop friendly website. So be sure to include mobile and make sure that your mobile website is also user friendly. So go in and maybe try it yourself on mobile, like actually on your phone, not just in preview mode on your website. Have friends, have family, have other photographers, maybe in the community, maybe you're part of some sort of Facebook community or something, or you have other friends that are photographers and have them try out your website too. You guys can swap and try out each other's and just see if there are any glitches, if there are any pages that don't work, if it's easy to read, how much information are they reading? So you just want to make sure that your mobile website is user-friendly. Another mistake that I see people making is not including CTAs, which are also known as call to actions. So call to action is basically prompting your customer to engage with your content further. So basically it can help result in more potential inquiries. Like if you put something like inquire here, and then you have a text box on your website that links to your inquiry form. Or you could do click to learn more about Anissa. So then someone would click on that. It would go to my about page and they could get to know more about me. I personally find that having these call to actions text box on my homepage has been most beneficial. So I'll have a text box that says about get to know more about me and then it links to my about page or check out more of the portfolio and it'll lead to my portfolio page. And same with inquire here to connect with me and contact me through my forum. So those are just a couple things that I do personally, but I do want to talk about just your navigation menu as well. I have experienced a lot of non-user-friendly navigation menus. So basically, either they don't work or they aren't very clear as to what I'm clicking on. It just really depends. Sometimes I've seen things like folio. And it takes me a bit to process like, what is folio? And then I put it together and it's like, oh, that's portfolio. So I'm assuming that I'm going to see some of their photos. So just making sure you're very clear with your different tabs and also making sure that your navigation menu works, especially on mobile. I've sometimes noticed that I go to click the drop down button and nothing it just doesn't work. And that has happened to me several times. So that's why I would recommend just going through and just making sure everything on your website on mobile and desktop works and every button works and leads to another page if it has to. So go ahead and check out your navigation menu. Make sure that that works. The other thing, and I just mentioned portfolio page, so I want to talk about it. But something, a mistake that I see some people make is having a messy portfolio page and not even realizing it's messy. And I say messy loosely. It's just not as clean as it could be. And this is something I used to do too. So The first thing I've seen is when people have just a portfolio page and they do all sorts of photography. So they have, you click on their portfolio and then it includes 
all of their couples photos mixed in with their family photos, mixed in with new newborn photos, mixed in with sports photography and food photography. It's just like an all-in-one just combination of photos. And this is really messy. And I don't recommend doing this at all, especially if someone's going to your page and they want to inquire about maybe doing a maternity session. And now they're looking at photos of cars or photos of I don't even know weddings and that's not at all what they're looking for. So I would at the very least recommend breaking it off into different types of photography, which I see pretty commonly. So you'll click on the portfolio page and it'll take you to, you know, four different types of photography. Maybe it's couples, maybe it's weddings, families, and I don't know, seniors or something like that. And then you can go and click into each of those galleries. And then once again, it's a combination of a bunch of different photos from a bunch of different sessions that you're kind of just scrolling through. And there's a couple of reasons I don't like this. I do think it's kind of messy, but also I found a better way to do it. And there's a couple of reasons why I like doing it. Basically, I now have connected my portfolio page to my blog. So what I do is after a session, I'll go ahead and I'll blog about the session, which we'll talk about. And then once that's done, then then I will go to my portfolio page and I will add in a unique photo that links to a gallery, which the gallery just ends up being the blog. And then I can title that. So for example, if I did a maternity shoot in Chicago, I would put on there, you know, Chicago beach maternity session. And now I have just a bunch of photos on my portfolio page that if you click into them, then it links to the full gallery, which is actually my blog. And a customer can just look through all of the photos from that specific shoot. So it kind of looks like a very organized, you know, portfolio of a bunch of different images, but you can actually sort through them. You can sort by, you know, even just command F and just type in if I'm, if someone's looking for a maternity, they can type in maternity or beach and they can browse through. I even have some locations on there. So if they're looking for a Chicago Botanic Garden shoot, they can just search that and take a look and actually see what a gallery would look like at the Botanic Garden or what a gallery would look like at a beach in Chicago or if it's a specifically a maternity session at the beach. It's I find that that's just really helpful and they can just precisely see what they would receive at that location with that same type of style. And then that also benefits me for SEO purposes because now it's linked to my blog, more traffic to my blog and just overall helps my SEO. So if you're not doing that, I highly recommend doing that. You guys can check out my website, anecdphotography.com to see kind of how I've done that. But I do want to talk about blogging because that's another mistake that I see people doing is not blogging. Blogging just serves as a place to provide knowledge to your audience. It helps create a community and just really, like I said, help gain traffic and improve SEO. I blog and pin. So I kind of have those interlinked and I've had a lot of people find me through Pinterest, come back to my blog, read more about the session and then want to do a similar session or just, you know, maybe that inspires them and then they'll reach out. And if I didn't have that blog there, I don't know how many of them would have actually reached out because I think going through Pinterest or just seeing one kind of photo doesn't tell the whole story. And I'm very particular about including the story of my, you know, the session and a little bit more about the couple or the family, where we did our session, why we did 
why we chose that location at what time of the day that we shot it and just really provide as much valuable information in that blog as possible using keywords, backlinking, linking, just all of the all of the good SEO stuff. So if you're not blogging, I highly recommend doing that. And then another thing, another mistake that I just thought of that I see photographers making is including all of your pricing or not including any pricing. And these are big no-nos to me. A common mistake I see is just like listing out all of your photography pricing and like is exactly what, you know, like it'll have here's a maternity session and you'll get this amount of photos and it's delivered in this amount of time and it includes this amount of images and this amount of outfits and up to this amount of miles from my home. It's like so overwhelming. And this kind of goes back to my first point of just having too much information. So you just don't want to have all of that. I would say a good practice for pricing is to put a starting point. So for me, I offer weddings, elopements, and then portrait photography. I do all sorts of lifestyle portraits. And so for me, I have like a starting rate for my weddings, a starting rate for my elopements. And this kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes I have a starting rate for my portraits or sometimes I have inquire for pricing. I think having some sort of price on your website is important as opposed to just inquire for every package. But I don't put in like how many photos they can expect or anything like that. I do have an FAQ on my website where it's kind of a lot cleaner. And, you know, one of the questions I think I asked was, what do your packages include? And I share kind of just like a minimum, oh, you know, I deliver this amount of photos in an hour, a minimum of this amount of photos in an hour of coverage. But for the most part, I really want them to just kind of get a little bit of information for my pricing and then schedule a call with me to learn more. And then in that call, I can really share what that package includes. And then I can also share, you know, hey, this package includes one outfit, one location. But if you want more outfits or more locations, I can create something custom for you. I'm someone who just like loves creating custom packages, especially because I do more intimate weddings, elopements and very unique type of shoots. So I like to be able to just kind of create custom things on the fly if I have to or if I need to. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend as far as your pricing. Don't overshare and like I said, just try to get, you want to get your clients on the phone or at least want to be in some sort of email communication with them. So just don't share too much on your pricing. And yeah, the other thing that I see some mistakes is having a slow website. And I know people might think, well, how can I control that? You can. What I would recommend doing first off is seeing if you have a slow website is just going to, there are certain sites that can test your website speed. I think one of them is called like Google Page Speed Insights or something like that. You can just Google it and just run a test. But sometimes if you're like, if your photos are too big or just certain reasons, you can kind of look into that, can slow down your website. And if you think about like, even just a couple second delay, like imagine yourself going on a website and it's taking 10 seconds to load. Now, 10 seconds might not seem like a lot, but if you really think about yourself sitting there on your phone and you're waiting 10 seconds for every page to load, like you're just going to be frustrated. You're not going to have the patience to sit through and you're probably going to lose people and have a higher bounce rate just by having a slow website. Even if you're like the perfect photographer for them, if your website is slow, you could have easily have lost them. So make sure to test your website speed and just make sure that it is fast and running. 
and you have no issues there. Something else that I forgot to mention back when I was talking about an About Me page is I've seen certain websites not have any picture of the photographer or even the photographer's name. So that would be make sure to put a face to the name. Have an About page just for me personally as a customer and someone who has booked a photographer for family photos in the past. I love getting to know more about my photographer. For me, like I love just when I do family photos, I love to connect with other photographers who also have families or have children and they understand how to work with kids. So I love reading an About Me page and seeing that another photographer has their own family and, you know, how long they've been a photographer for. And just like some fun facts, I'd say that you don't need to have like crazy long paragraph and multiple paragraphs about you and who you are and everything. But I think just like some fun facts would be nice to see. Maybe talk about like if you've traveled and just things that you that maybe a potential client could connect with you on, something that's special that makes you unique. But yeah, just having some sort of like photo of you, a little bit about you just to add that personal touch. And then something else I just thought of is don't create a website and then forget about it and never update it again. Even if you don't blog, which you should, but even if you don't do that, like you really want to make sure that you're still checking in on your website, you're updating your website and just keeping up to date. Sometimes your pricing change or your images change. Like maybe you've changed your style on your Instagram or your social media, but you haven't yet changed your photos to reflect your new style of photography or your new editing style. So you just want to make sure that your update is always up to date. Update any new photos in your portfolio page, any new reviews that you have, update your pricing. Just constantly keep up with your website. It's also just good best practices for SEO as well. And then the last thing that I want to mention, and this one I just am really passionate about, is being unique. I have seen a lot of photographers, well, not a lot, but I have seen some photographers who just get really excited and inspired by another photographer and will kind of pretty similarly copy another photographer's website. And, you know, I think it's okay to get inspiration from other photographers and just other business owners, but just make sure that you're putting your own personal touch to your website, that you're the one who's coming up with the copy and the design and getting inspiration is great, but just make sure that you're not imitating anyone directly and be yourself. You want to, you want to be unique. You want to show something special about you. And that's the reason that you know, ideally your client is going to reach out to book with you. So just make sure to, you know, show who you are, be unique and authentic as you are. So those are all of my tips and basically all the mistakes that I've seen that I've done and how I would do them differently now. But yeah, if you guys have any other questions or if you have found this helpful, please, please, please leave a review. It's so just lovely to see all of your positive reviews. It means so much and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And yeah, if you've made it to the end, Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D. If you liked today's episode, please let me know by leaving a review and make sure to follow for more episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Anissa D Photography. See you back here next time for a new episode. Bye.